What's good, family? Every day, God gives us something to live on, grow on, and be blessed with. And we want to share that with you. Every day is a testimony. Branton and I have been able to grow from each other as God continues to show up in our lives. We just want people like you to have a chance to be impacted by our day-to-day interactions with each other and with Christ. So let's get it. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Lot Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What? Listen, what's funny is I talked to the sound machine guy on Riverside, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. We're gonna have to figure it out somehow, but like, we're just gonna have to keep making our own sounds because we just we can't get the noise right. You know, we just. Hey, that's working for me. I don't think we've missed having to make our own noise. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's so true. That's so true. I love that, man. Well, listen, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Loat Podcast. I'm Brenton. Co-host is Katiso. We're so glad that y'all are here with us today, today, tonight, or wherever you're listening. Um, we just always take the, the time at the beginning of the episode, just to have a little praise God moment and just thank God for every episode. We're now in season two, episode one of Love. Yes, sir. <laughs> like this, it's just been so cool what God has done through every episode because season one was great, but season two, I mean, I we're so excited because like we said in episode zero of season two, we have so many speakers coming and getting ready to just like talk and just share like their thoughts on the power of help and actually segue you know you know i'm always about segues guys before you segue <laughs> let me let oh. me let, let, let me stop you right there just real quick just real quick you know mm-hmm. we're speaking about praise god moments you know mm-hmm. we're really excited for for episode uh for this episode we're really excited about this season man but it was yeah. something we were we were talking uh a couple of days on the phone and it was yeah. like you know like every day that we get, you know, like enjoy that journey, you know, mm. enjoy that step of intent because the realization is that every step within intent is a chance that we are getting better. You know, so every mm. moment that you can step out in intent, whether it's a small step or it's a big step, you know, we're we're getting better in of itself. So, you know, to lead you back to your segue, the people that we have, man, like, you know, it's it's intentional. And, you know, we are just praying and we're thankful to God that every step that we are blessed to take is a step of intent and we are getting better. So segue, yes. oh my God. That's so good. It, it's a journey. And every step we take, every minute that we have is, is a blessing. So we're thankful for that. And yeah, I mean, going back to the segue, man, I am so excited to introduce one of my friends, I've known him for, I want to say about eight years now, going on nine since high school. Um, we were on the same track team together. We did FCA together. Man, we have so many great memories. And I mean, honestly, I'd let him introduce himself. Um, well, without further ado, Brother D, also known as Pastor D Smith, do you think you could come on and tell us who you are, what you're doing now, and your favorite song at the moment? Okay, that is a <laughs> that's an amazing introduction. Happy to be here, and like Brenton said, I've known him 
for a while, and I'm so proud of you guys this podcast and what you guys are doing. A little bit about me. I My name is Diallo Smith and also known as Pastor D.D. That's what Brenton used to call me. But I am from originally from Ohio, and I moved to Maryland when I was in middle school. And from there, I went to college at Liberty University, and that's where I studied Christian leadership and church ministries, and I minored in psychology. And then I also did my first year of seminary at Liberty. But now I am at a different seminary school and I am studying to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, one of my my favorite songs right now, it, I think that's hard at the moment, but I would say my favorite album has been the um, Quavo and Takeoff's album. And so I guess actually from that album is my favorite song. Oh gosh, is a fin- Infinity Links. <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness, that's so good. Quavo. <laughs> okay, okay. You know what? If if I knew a little bit more about Riverside again, guys, it's season two, so I, I don't really know all the ins and outs. But if we could like slide that into the episode, if you, <laughs> like, hey, in case you were wondering. <laughs> If, if you want to sing the song, go ahead. Be my guest. <laughs> I mean, I, I never knew if, if D could sing or not. I mean, I, <laughs> Actually, I, I mean you, but it's okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe in another episode. We might just do like a little 30-second episode that's just me singing. Because <laughs> y- y'all know me. I, I rap and everything. <laughs> I be goofing off. But now, nah, back to the point, D, we're so happy to have you, man. And like, we're we're excited to talk about episode one of The Power of Help. Um, to kind of build background a little bit, and Katiso, feel free to take the lead, man. Um, I think, you know, as we said before, like the title of this series is, um, or this season is The Power of Help. And, you know, the best way that I could, you know, kind of move forward in this um, in this season was like, well, we got to define help, right? Because we can't just say the power of help and then just kind of move forward. So, you know, of course, what I go to, I went to Google, right? So I went to Google. I clicked Google and I said, okay, so what is help? I looked over here and this is what what Google says to you. So it says this, help is a verb and it says, make it easier for someone to do something by offering one services or resources. And the noun is the action of helping someone to do something. Okay. Uh, well, that's it, guys. Well, we're done. That's the that's the power of help. You just you know you help people and nah, come on. There's there's got to be something deeper there than just making it easier for someone to do stuff. I feel like help is twofold. Like, what else, Tiso? Do you think we can grab from that? Um, the way that I had a friend explain it like this yesterday. It was like um. How how can I help my friends? How can I call my, my brothers out, you know, in an attempt to help them, you know, get better if I'm engaged in the same things, you know? So if yeah. I don't go out and seek that help, how can I, you know, go help others? And then, you know, the second part behind that was that, you know, within the people that, you know, are around you, right? there's always going to be some kind of like chain. You're always going to have people that are better than you. At least rather the goal is to always have people that are better than you. People that are somewhat, excuse me, on the same level as you. And then people that, you know, are 
in some shape or form looking up to you because then mm. in that way you're building each other each other up you know so it's like okay cool you're sharpening my axe and in doing so i'm sharpening their axe so help me help you mm. interesting so another segue um you know tiso just said help me help you i think a great uh form of help and this is where D comes in is counseling. And I, as D had just said in his intro, I mean, that's that's his wheelhouse. <laughs> and that's why episode one is titled counseling, because we, we kind of want to unpack this. Like, where does counseling fit into help and to help me help you? Let me understand what you're going through so I can meet you where you are. And what does you know, professional counseling look like? And how do we kind of see that in a biblical light? So without further ado, D, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say on this. But when you hear the word counseling, what do you what do you think that sparks up, or what does that mean to you? I think that's a really good question. Uh, one of the first things I think about uh, when it comes to counseling, counseling when it comes to clinical terms is defined as a short term process, so it's very broad. So this can mean dealing with things such as social anxiety, um, grief, but not to like a severe level, life transitions and other things like that. And then we have, this is different from what we call therapy, psychotherapy, which this is a more of a long-term where you're working through depression or maybe some um, other life changes or life transitions that are very severe. Um, also any like hard interpersonal relationships, anything that honestly usually takes longer than the process of three months. Um, and I think that's really good to understand the difference of counseling and therapy because we can kind of use them interchangeably, which there's no harm in doing so. But I think in order for people to understand what we're talking about, we have to be clear of what we're saying. Um, and so counseling, when I think about counseling, I think of, you know, sitting across doing, helping people. Um, I think of growth. I think of healing. And honestly, when it comes to counseling, the biggest focus is carving out a path that leads to healing. Um, and so to answer your overall question, Counseling provides a longevity and, and provides a pathway of what healing, long-lasting healing should look like. Wow, that is that is really good. And you said carving out a path that leads to healing. Notice he didn't say like directing you to a path that leads to healing. Carving out a path. Like that that takes time. Like, Tiso, what you got to say about that, man? Because I'm like, <laughs> that uh, carving out a path. I know. Um, so right now, I'm currently, you know, uh, doing counseling. You know, mm -hmm. I see a counselor about every week. Uh, I've been doing counseling for about a year and some change now. Um, and my counseling, you know, time is actually coming to a stop at the end of this semester, which is in a few weeks now. Um, but one thing my counselor always tells me is like, hey, like the goal is to be able to help build, um, ha help you have building blocks so that, you know, eventually you don't need me, you know? So kind of like just what, you know, D was saying, right? Like just carving out a path for longevity, right? It's like, I have moments like in, I have moments now where, you know, I, you know, either 
have got something going on. Like, you know, when I called you on um on Sunday, right? Yeah. Like that a year, a year and some change ago, that process would have taken me so much longer had it not been for counseling. Now, because of mm. counseling, I was able to even just break down, okay, like this is the problem. Right now, how do we move forward? And you know, I'm at the stage now where I recognize that okay, that how do we move forward? I don't necessarily know, but it starts with being able to recognize what you got going on. And mm. it's because of counseling that I'm even able to just break that down and recognize what the problem is. Hmm. That's so good. And carving, I don't know why that's still like messing me up. <laughs> like, D, I'm so sorry, but could you like, when you say carving out a path that leads to healing, when when you say carving out a path, what does that look like? Do you think that's like a like a one-time thing? You just kind of make an opening and you're like, all right, well, you know, here's your healing. Or what does that look like? Do you feel like there's a, um, a specific amount of time that you're like, all right, so from like here to here, you know, it'll take this much time to cover out the path. Or do you think it's different for other people? I think, I don't know what it is, but like when I heard you say carving out a path that leads to healing, it's like, that doesn't sound easy. I mean, carving out is, it's not easy. It's something that you have to be very intentional about doing. I think different methods are for different people. The whole point of counseling is setting out goals in order, because if the, if the goal is to lead to a path of healing and to carve out a path of healing, that means that you have to have different benchmarks in order to get there to show, and some type of measurement to show that you're growing. And so for different people, I know, like, let's say if you're dealing with, you have social anxiety. So like your, your benchmarks might be for the first three months, you go to three different events and in those three different events, like you're regulating, like how your body is, the way that you're breathing, how you're speaking and watching your nerves and to carve out healing, um, let's say when it comes to social anxiety and to get to a place where you're healed from just constantly being overwhelmed in those social environments after three months might look like having a conversation and not breaking eye contact or having a conversation and feeling completely engaged with that person. So it looks different for everybody. And you can add those like to different things, let's say depression, or um, even when it comes into, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but when it comes to the spiritual component, when it comes to our relationship with God, that comes with a whole nother set of of goals and benchmarks of measurement to do too. But yeah, carving out um, carving out a pathway to healing is, is more about the intentionality uh, to create realistic measurements to, for growth. Mm, that's so good intentionality i forgot which episode i think we did an episode called intentionality and relationships and i think right like going back to that and recognizing like intentionality is in within everything we, we can't get a get away from it i think tiso like we were talking about this before but i think we said something like there's a lot of things that we want to become subconscious. Like we just want to get up and just have the motivation to, you know, go work out or have the motivation to, but no, like even with counseling and that whole process, like it takes intentionality. And Tiso, you had said it too, like you meeting with your counselor and having that process, like that's, that is really good. Hmm. I think too, you know, like you, you gotta want to be helped. Like, you mm. know, you, you have to want to 
get help because it's it's one thing to know what you need, but then it's another thing to actually go out and seek for what you're looking for. You know, like I like you know you could you know sit and sulk and say, man, I really need to get up and go work out, right? But if you don't actually take the steps to go work out, like you were saying, like you like we were talking a couple of days ago, you know, even if it's just as far as putting your shoes on and you just stop at the door, like you gotta like be willing to take steps to get closer to what you're looking for. So even if it's help, you know, like when you're at counseling, like you I one thing that has like helped me make so much growth through counseling was learning how to be vulnerable and actually executing that and saying, Hey, like, I know I don't really know you, but I feel as if the way to move forward is by just completely being vulnerable and just trying to be intentional with the time that we have. Cause that's Mm. how, you know, you're going to utilize the skills that you're working on to help me. Right. And then back to what we were saying before, like I'm helping you help me because while you're helping me, you're also learning how to refine your skills in Mm. being better in what you're doing. That's really good. Hmm. So I think, Tiso, there was a, a question that you had wanted to ask regarding um, D and, and counseling. And I think this is something that I'm actually really curious about, because I think this is something D has kind of talked about a lot before. Like, I think I think uh, whenever we had conversations, he was always like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get into, you know, marriage or family counseling and like just that whole realm. And now to like see him in that is kind of like, wow. And now that we're even having this conversation, it's kind of blowing my mind. So um, if you want to just, you know, ask that one. Yeah. Um, the question I had, so I, uh, have heard, um, Mike Todd say this, he was like, uh, he said, he said every, it was like, it was some along the lines, like every day of counseling, like in your single years, um, overall help when you're married. Now, of course I'm not married. Right. But like he was saying, like it, you know, as like as longevity to your marriage. Um, so the question that I had was, um, would you recommend uh, single people uh, to go to counseling? A And then also, why would you recommend counseling? If so. That's a really good question. I think this is something a lot of people have to come to terms to and try to really understand. I would always say, yes, everybody needs to go to counseling. Everyone should go to counseling. But from my experience, what I what I see the difficulty, I should say, is if people don't see that they're, that there's something wrong or they don't see that um, their behavior is harmful to other people, even if you send them to a counseling session, they're not going to say anything because they're not going to they're not going to see the flaw. And so for me, I've had friends where, you know, I've said, OK, they can or even family too. like if they just can just go to counseling, they can just go to counseling and they get there and, you know, they want to get out of it. And the counselor is just going to be looking at you like, what do you want to do? And so I think um People who should go to counseling is if you see something wrong and you want to have change. It goes back to this theme, too. If you see something wrong and and you want to heal from it, because that's ultimately the the goal of when you go to counseling. And, you know, some counselors, counselors look very different and some therapy sessions look very different than others. But I think that is the ultimate goal. Um, and so when it comes to single people, I when I was single, uh, I... 
always went to counseling and it wasn't even about relationships, but I had friends who went to counseling for discontentment with being single. And it does make you better, not only as an individual, but it also makes you better as a follower of Christ. And it also makes you better if you want to be married, a better spouse, because when you do the individual work, uh, then it has long lasting results than before if you get in a relationship. So it, and especially I echo that if you've gotten out of a bad relationship to do the healing process, because if not, then it's going to bleed over into your next situation. And then that can um, run over into that relationship. And then you just kind of go over this continual cycle because you haven't addressed the things that need to, to heal or things that need to change. Mm. Wow. You know, I just got to say, I don't know if you guys have already recognized it already, but D is such an intellectual guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you can tell there's there's like wisdom behind his words. But I think what's cool is for me being able to kind of see him, his progression to where he is right now. And a question that I kind of had for you, D, is why why do you feel like God has placed passion or why do you got why do you feel like God has placed counseling on your heart? Like why are you so passionate about it? Is there if you like to share is there like an experience or something you feel like like this is like kind of where I feel like God was leading me in my heart? Or were you just kind of like, I just want to do it because I feel like I just want to? Like what what do you think was the um the defining factor for you to kind of move into this field and why do you even continue to stay in it? So I, uh, I've always been passionate about counseling, but never had the language to say I was passionate about it. When I was a kid, I was always in counseling. So probably like from elementary school all the way up to high school, just for a couple of different reasons, different life transitions and family things. But I remember during middle school and high school specifically that I always enjoyed talking to people one-on-one, like that was just my thing. Um, and I remember that I would, you know, every time I would, I would be harder for me to talk with guys because, you know, a lot of the times we just like wanted to do stuff. And I found myself having more girlfriends. And the reason why was because I just really loved talking. And I loved listening um, to them with their problems and trying to find solutions. And I think, too, being in counseling at such a young age, that was probably the first place where I felt my full self because that was the first time where I was a kid and I was able to go in there and be honest and have someone who wanted to listen to me and wanted to invest in me. I grew up uh, with three other brothers, so I grew up in a bigger family. And it was always hard. Like, everyone was doing sports. Everyone was doing so many different things. And then middle school and high school, you know, friends change all the time. So just having a space where I had somebody just willing and wanting to listen to me, I think, is what also added on to that passion of, of counseling and me just being able to be super vulnerable with it. I think lastly... Um, Going back to like the guy and girl friendships, I remember when I was in high school, I would always be the one kind of at the parties that would just love to, like I would be in the corner talking with with people about their life or about their divorce that their parents are going through. And so I, I remember like just as 
person in high school realizing, okay, this is actually a gift because none of my other friends like doing this. None of my other friends like to listen. And I also started to notice I kept, um, I kept attracting those types of people. I was always the quote unquote strong friend. I was always the quote unquote listening friend. And there were moments where I became very discontent with that, but I, I ended up now looking back saying, okay, this is, this is actually a gift that God's given me. So fast forward from high school into now of like, okay, so how did you end up at counseling? During high school, I knew I really wanted to help people. Like I said, I just was always attracting people and wanting to help them find solutions in their life. So I thought I wanted to be an occupational therapist, uh, which is, uh, I wanted to be an occupational therapist in the hospital, which is kind of like life coaching, physical therapy mixed in one. When I got into Liberty University, they didn't have an occupational therapy program. So I was like, okay, let me do, let me go into ministry. After I did FCA, I was super involved in ministry. And so I declared my major for youth ministry. And the only reason why I wanted to do youth ministry was because that's where, again, I met like some of my closest friends. That's where I would have all the deep conversations. So I was thinking, okay, I want to do this the same um, for other young, young guys. When I got into my youth men classes, I feel like youth ministry is an entire personality that I just was not. I'm a lot more introverted and reserved, and a lot of the kids in that class are just super extroverted. So then I'm like, okay, Lord, do I do social work for my undergrad? Like, what do you want me to do? And so I ended up meeting this healthcare chaplain. And so it was kind of, you know, mixing the occupational therapy and youth ministry all together in one. Um, and so I just did like a generic ministry degree and then knew I had to pursue my MDiv. But then I did an internship that I did biblical counseling and fell in love with individual counseling. And then from there, last year, I was I was in a grad program where it was the same thing. I was doing pastoral counseling and absolutely loved the individual counseling part. And so I was after just like reflecting and praying, I realized each of those things that I was picking I, the only reason I liked them was because it had the counseling component. And so then it was just became a faith thing to say, okay, let me just pursue counseling. But during this time, I was already in my program um, from a Master's of Divinity. And so I was like, okay, maybe I have to get a second degree. That's more money. Um, but then I ended, I'm at a residency right now at the Summit Church. And the school that they partner with actually has a counseling program where you can become licensed. And so basically what happened, um, long story short, is that all of my credits that I took from my seminary for the first year, they all were able to transfer. And so for me, uh, it was a, a big answer of prayer and also just a trusting in God to be like, God is not going to place that type of desire and then not fulfill it and not fulfill that promise of what he said of me going into this route. And so the full circle moment is um, just looking back and seeing all the different seeds that God was planting into me of pushing me into this type of field. And now I am sitting in the fruits of some of them already. So the goal is obviously to also have my own counseling practice. But yeah, that is like my walk when it comes to the counseling world. Wow. Oh my goodness. Counseling practice too? Good night. Listen, if I had the sound machine right now, I'd be doing like a clapping noise because like, uh, guys, I just cannot explain 
um, the amount of positive impact that D has had on my life. I think his continued push to serve God and pursue his passions and just see him on Instagram, see him in his own podcast, which we're going to be talking about a little bit soon as well. He does have a podcast in this moment podcast. Um, So awesome just hearing him talk. And as you just heard, like his experience of where he is now and like counseling practice, what? (laughs) So awesome. Like I, I think it always just blows me away, D, how far you've come and then also the uh like just where you are now so i always appreciate that yeah and i I just one more thing to add to uh another thing that i think we miss when it comes to counseling and this is kind of also what shaped my my framework of counseling and how to approach counseling is i think about in first corinthians 12 when it is listing off paul's listing off the spiritual gifts and one of the gifts that he mentions off is healing And I think as Christians, we always just think, depending on your denominational background, um, we always think of like the physical healing. Like if you have a broken bone, like you're going, we're going to lay hands and it's going to be healed. And I think what really, when I was doing my internship and doing my grad program last year, when I would see people every week um, continue just like God healing their lives, that's what made me even look at the spiritual gift of healing differently is that healing doesn't all like doesn't always it's not exclusively physical um but it's also a way to practice that gift in a counseling session um and i think too when i when i realized that and seeing the lives that were changed that's also what continued to um i guess another confirmation to god like this is what i'm supposed to be what i'm supposed to be doing hmm well that's good tc you about to say yeah so I got a question for you. Um, it was something that you said um, when you were talking about even just like the earliest stages of recognizing that, you know, being able to talk to others and, you know, talk through them with what they got going on and just having that joy to problem solve that situation. Now, you said you, you had a moment of discontentment where you just, you know, were feeling lost a little bit. I know like it, it could come to a time and moment where, you know, uh, a blessing that you have been given to almost kind of see it as a curse sometimes. Like, I know, like, I have moments in my life where I'm, you know, impassionately doing something and then I'm helping others with that, you know, that, uh, that fruit that I've been blessed with to where I'm like, man, all of this is just, you know, like, it's, it's a lot. And I just, I don't know if I want to do it. And I just, you know, feel like it's, it's too much for me to like, you know, hold on. I, I guess the question that I have for you is like, what was, what was the change that you, you know, felt? What was like, where was that, that it moment where like you transitioned out of like the discontentment to where it was, oh man, this is actually really a blessing and I need to keep pursuing this. Yeah, I mean... I think in the, again in the earlier stages there was a lot of discontentment because when I'm thinking of my relationships, I was again always the strong friend. I always was the one that was listening, trying to build the solutions, and so I was becoming really discontent with God because I felt like I didn't have anyone else to um, that was a friend or um, someone that was really reliable. I I didn't have many of those types of people. And so I became very discontent. 
What shook that off, honestly, is that it kept following me. So I realized it wasn't just because it was a middle school thing or a high school thing. It kept following me in college. Like The opportunities and the doors that kept opening up were always in counseling. And so, you know, it just gets to this point where it's, I just have to be honest and say, okay, God, like this is, this is what you want me to do. Um, and, and I think, too, after praying about it, I realized I had other family members that were in the psychology field and, and just seeing how now after COVID, like the mental health space has grown so much. It was something that I threw a lot, a lot of prayer where it was a, a big faith moment to say, I'm going to act in obedience and completely do this because if not, I'm going to always be chasing counseling. When I wanted to be a healthcare chaplain, the things that were exciting me was talking to the patients and counseling them. And I remember one person was just like, well, then why don't you just do counseling? Like, if that's if that's what it is, if that's what makes you excited, then just do it. And so I think that's what people have to just think about, whether if it's counseling or, or any type of field that they want to do is like, what is God continually like showing you? And, and also like others that are continually to affirm those gifts in you. And it gets to a point where you just have to surrender and, and say, okay, Lord, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to do it because I'm tired, especially for me, I'm tired of constantly being in this situation. And, and um, it, it's, it's better to move out of discontentment and just move into a posture of embracing what God's gifted you in. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. D always leaves me speechless. <laughs> I just sometimes I'm like I don't even know what to say at that. I'm just like, you know, like all you can really do is just nod your head. A man of God, right there. So that was so a good word. I can't lie. I know. Listen, like we generally y'all know it's like Tisa and I. We can talk and talk, but literally, like. That was so good. <laughs> you know, really I do have to say it's nice to to have to listen for once. Mm. You know, Talk yeah, about it. to get to give somebody else like you know space to shine. Like I th I think it's nice, and I know like you you know you had wanted to talk about his podcast, so you know, as yeah. as you do so well yourself, you know, I'm gonna give you the segue, brother, to uh, <laughs> go ahead and dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess taking the segue. Um, as I kind of said a little bit before, D already, you know, has his own podcast as well called In This Moment and a very huge fan of it. I've listened to every episode. Um, very huge fan. Like, that's all I can really say. Like, it's, he just has so many great episodes and I highly recommend um, you guys take a look. Um, yeah, but you know, going, going along in that same vein, I wanted to ask D this cause you know, listening to his podcast and it's, it's cool cut, uh, how the topic has mainly transitioned to counseling in his, his newer episodes. And as we're on the topic of counseling, I just wanted to ask you D like, what conversation do you believe has been the most impactful to you in regards to your counseling journey? If you had to choose one, cause I know, you know, every episode is probably like, you know, and and when I when you when I saw that question, I was like, crap, that's hard because you know, every guest <laughs> every guest means so much. I don't want them to think that they haven't impacted me. But uh again, when it goes back into the conversation of how counseling has followed me, I remember I did one of the I think it was on season one, 
I did Christians, comma, let's talk mental health. And for that season, it had like the highest amount of listeners. And I was just thinking, okay, whoa, people really want to, outside of like my other social justice, like Black Lives Matter stuff. And so it just kind of dawned on me like, okay, people really want to hear this. And and then as I was preparing for season two and season three, I was just like, I want to talk more about counseling. I want to talk more about how Christians can be more equipped when it comes to the healing space and psychology space with faith and, and psychology integrating with each other. Um, and so that's kind of how I came up with season three of making all of my episodes with hearing experiences or, or ex- expertise from people in the field of what it looks like to have faith and psychology, well, faith and counseling integrated together. But, and so I guess to answer your question, I would say probably the most impactful though um, would be, it was episode one and it was uh, Why Men Need Therapy. I think that was the title. Uh, and it was from this black therapist, this black Christian therapist who was a male. And he was just talking about, you know, why men need therapy and the different effects and how it affects the black community. And I think that was just so refreshing to me because I didn't realize that that was my first time hearing from a black Christian male therapist talking about what it means to, to be on this healing journey and this faith journey. And I think from there, that just kind of spurred a lot of excitement and joy and just ambition uh, to be like, okay, I can really get in this field and own it for myself. He also has his own practice. And so even like talking with him about that um, off air and, and all the different opportunities that he's been able to have, I, I would say that one has has been the most impactful. And, and I would say a, another one, again, they're all even, but if I had to to think uh, how to heal from people who have hurt you, uh, it was with this therapist. Her name is Quebec Campbell, and she just did a phenomenal job on what it looks like to really have forgiveness. And that's something for me that has been super hard when it comes to different friendships. Uh, and so that was probably the most impactful individually on how to just be a, a healthier individual, but even a healthier person to help someone else through different interpersonal relationships that have hurt them. Mm. Wow, that is awesome. And yeah, that that first episode that he was talking about was uh, Gary Trey Taylor with with Gary Trey Taylor. And that was like, that was awesome. That (laughs) I was like, man, let me, (laughs) you know what? I fully forgot to say this, but down in our like bio or uh, podcast summary for this episode, We'll put a link down to um, not only these Instagram, but as well as these podcasts. So that way y'all can stay connected with him. And if y'all want to listen, highly recommend you listen <laughs> to in this moment. Like it's, it's truly impactful. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, as we're kind of nearing uh, the end of, of this episode, I really wanted us to uh, kind of zoom in a little bit, or actually Tisa and I kind of talked about this a lot, but um I think when we say the word counseling and then we look at the Bible, I think sometimes the question comes up like, why do we need counseling if God is with us? You know, why do we need like because I've noticed that in the church, sometimes we could say like, oh, I don't need uh, I don't need counseling because God's with me and I'm good. Like I don't need nothing. Same with therapy and all these other things. So 
I went into the Bible a little bit and I think I saw three scriptures that like kind of lean into the realm of counseling. And then I just want to hand it off to D to see kind of what his thoughts are too. But uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says this, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitudes of counselors, there is safety. And that's the King James version that, I mean, right there talks about counseling and why we need to have people around us to counsel. Um, then James chapter five, verse 16 says this, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, while that might not specifically say counseling, I do think when Deus was talking before about carving out a path to healing, when we confess our sins, then we're healed. You know, we, we enter that, you know, state of, of healing. And then Genesis chapter two, verse 18 says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. A helper. Recognize that like God, I think Tisa, if you want to remind me of this, but uh, I think uh, we had said uh, something like um, the very first time that God said it was not good was in regards to man. Like with man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he provided a helper with us, a woman. Yep. Like, I think that's so powerful. So to, you know, pass the baton off to D, like what, what do you think, or what are other places where you see the Bible talks about counseling and how do we even kind of, you know, apply that to our lives? I think you, you mentioned a really good point of what you're talking about, how people always say, well, some people will say, you know, I don't need counseling. I'm healed. It's a term uh, we call, it's called spiritual bypassing, which is basically giving excuse for our behavior or um, things that are harmful to others and using it with scripture. So it, it's a very like a, it's a very deceiving method. One of the, the quotes on how counseling and and our faith kind of all fits together. One of the quotes I wanted to read was from a faith uh, psychologist. Her name is Dr. Anita Phillips. She is amazing. Like, listen and read all her stuff. But one of the things she always says is, prayer is the weapon and therapy is the strategy. And I think that is the perfect layout to what it looks like to be a Christian and navigate um, therapy and, na and navigate counseling. And, and I think one of the, the best ways to understand this is our relationship with God, we have to be honest with our problems, our fears, our insecurities, our doubts. And we have to have the, we have to have the, um, the trust to believe that he's going to take care of them. Um, and in order to do that, I think it is best to see that therapy is a strategy to do that. When you get sick and let's say you have the flu or let's say if you've broken your arm, you don't, we never respond like, okay, God's got us. We're going to be good. It's like, okay, you need to go to urgent care. You can go to the hospital. Like there's medicine in order to help you. Like you don't have to keep suffering like this um, or else you look crazy. And so that's the same way that we have to think about it when it comes to our emotional and mental and mental health. Um, it's a health issue. And so we have to treat it as such. So if we see ourselves constantly being sad, if we see ourselves constantly not feeling well, even spiritually, if we see ourselves not going to God and, and just constantly trying to run away from him, 
um, we need to go and, and talk with a counselor. We need to go and talk to a therapist. And especially for Christians, like look for good Christian therapists. Biblical counseling um, is really good and it's very beneficial, but even getting a Christian uh, licensed counselor is even better because they're able to diagno- uh, diagnose you and show you some of the signs that, that a biblical counselor may not see. Um, but one of the scriptures that I always think about is Romans 8, 26, 8, 8, 8 and verse 26. It says that the spirit intercedes on our behalf and interprets our groans. Another verse is John 14, 26, and it says that... Um, it talks about the Holy Spirit being our great comforter and being our counselor. And so the Bible is already identifying that the Holy Spirit is the one who is the counselor. He is the one who is doing the healing in these areas. And he's the one who gives us the emotions to discern, to listen to God. And so the Holy Spirit plays an important role um, when it comes to the healing journey. And scripture is kind of laying out that he is the one that takes ownership in this in this lane Another story I think about is Elijah in 1 Kings 19, verses 5 through 8. We see Elijah under the bush, and he's super distressed, and um, it's just very fearful. He's just very overwhelmed with fear that he actually ends up saying, you know, God, just take my life. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm tired of feeling just this overwhelming of fear. And it was at that moment when he calls out to God and when he's honest to him is when God sends him an angel to not only calm down his emotions, but then to also feed him and and show him physical needs. And, And to bridge all of it together, it shows that when in order to be a healthy disciple, we have to be honest with God. And being honest with God um, with our emotions brings a greater healing. And so the practice of counseling is getting to the root of our emotions and getting to a pathway of growth. And God works in the same way. He works with our brokenness, and then he pushes us and restores us back together. Hey, that was fire. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like that was there's no better way you could put that. (laughs) There's no better way that you could have put that. It was something that you said earlier on when you talk about like spiritual bypassing. And I feel like, you know, it's it's harder to like ignore something that you could see, right? Like if like your arm is broken, like it's it's harder to ignore that. And I feel like, you know, people can um People can compartmentalize when they got something going on with them and say, you know what, because I don't, I can't really tangibly hold this like emotion. I could just like put it away in a box somewhere and, you know, ignore it. If it's a problem, we'll deal with it then. But there's no need to like, you know, like deal with it now. And I mean, I know like that's something that I used to like. That's something that I used to um that I used to do a lot. Like I used to just compartmentalize and say, uh, I don't have to deal with this right now. I could deal with it later. You know, and it came to a point where, you know, even when I took counseling, right? Like it got to where like my guy Lucas was like, yo, like you gotta be able to like recognize like these shortcuts that you're doing, right? Unravel those shortcuts and figure out where the chain of command starts so that, you know. Yeah, you could build other kinds of shortcuts, but in a healthier way. So now it's like when you know you're dealing with some, you could get to the solution that much quicker because you're able to break it down. Like, all right, this is where the chain of command starts. Let's break it down in this type of 
fashion, right? And in the same way with like, if you, you know, have a broken arm and you have rehab exercises, right? You had to go to the doctor to learn those rehab exercises first in order to say, okay, this is what I got going on. This is how we break it down. The chain of command starts here. Let's heal back up. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, that, that that's a really good point that you mentioned about how, you know, you still have to go to rehab. Like you, there's still a process you have to do. And and again, it's it's the same thing when it comes to our emotional and mental health. Mm, man. Whew. Wow. I feel like what is, uh, to use the King James Version language, my cup overfloweth. <laughs> I am so, I'm so thankful to D that, you know, he's able to come on uh, to our podcast and just really be candid about counseling with us. Um, so D, Most you know, definitely. yeah. So, so D, you know, as we close, if you could leave everyone with one thing regarding counseling and the power of getting help, what do you think it would be? There are a couple of things I think I would say uh, to leave everybody with, but I would, I'd probably say seek God if you're thinking about counseling uh, and, and to realize that you don't have to keep carrying all this weight and you're not, God hasn't designed you to do it by yourself. I think the second thing is you don't need to be in a crisis situation for counseling. A lot of times we think, you know, something catastrophic has to happen in order for us to talk to somebody. But you can even go for maintenance. Again, like emotional and mental wellness and our health, that fluctuates every single day. And so just going to maintenance, whether that's like twice a month, once a month, just to, just to manage your, emo your emotions is very helpful. Um, and then understand that therapy and mental health, again, is a health issue. Treat it and look at it as a doctor appointments, physicals, checkups. They're necessary to do before something major happens. And it's better to catch something earlier than later. You know, when we think about cancer, um, it's better to catch it when it's super early before it's really developed in your body rather than later. And, it's, and it can become deadly. That's the same way we want to view it. And lastly, it's never too late to do counseling. This may sound like a lot, and you're probably thinking, I don't know where to start, um, or even just some guilt of, of some of the ways that you've responded to people and, and even the ways that maybe God's exposing some things. But just understand that, you know, take one step at a time, and to start is better than, is to, is better than not starting. And God created therapy for our good, so we should steward the resource well. Come on now. If your car broke heat. down, come on. If you if your car broke down, go to a oh my goodness. Let me start over. If your car broke down, go to a repairman. If you have something wrong with your eye, go to an eye doctor. If your mm -hmm. back's broken, go to a chiropractor. If you mm -hmm. need to have someone help you carve out a path to your mm -hmm. dream, go mm -hmm. to your counselor. But not come just on, a counselor, brother. a biblical counselor. Hello, praise mm. the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> y'all oh my goodness um once again like i just said i'm, I'm so thankful for d to come on to this podcast and man that's episode one but don't you worry this is just episode one we are so excited to see what god is going to continue to do in this season and yeah man like with that said y'all we love y'all and tune into episode three of the low yes, podcast peace out y'all Hey family, 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for another great episode full of faith, life, and testimony. God is truly moving, and we're thankful that he has blessed us with this platform to share how he continues to move in our lives. Follow us at The Load Podcast on Instagram and click the link in our bio to stay updated on our content. May y'all continue to be blessed. Peace.